everybody. Welcome back to Tales from the Tavern. Hope you all are having a great start to your February so far. We are here with uh, five mostly new guests to the show. A couple have been here before, but we're really excited. We've got uh, people here that can talk about crowdfunding and we've got, we were just talking a lot about actual plays in the background and uh, content creation and all kinds of stuff. So uh, without further ado, let's go around, let everybody introduce themselves and then uh, we'll go into a little about how the stream will work. Uh, if you haven't been here before, we'll explain everything so you know you know how you can play along at home. So, uh, Hex, we'll start with you. Tell us a little about yourself. Uh, okay, had to make sure the microphone was on. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Hex. I'm the uh, one cryptid show behind Cryptic Crits, and I make dice and dice accessories. I've recently been working on making a bunch of larger size D20s that'll show up with my next big dice update near the end of the month. So. That's awesome. <laughs> well, welcome back. It's good to have you again. It's good to be back. Yeah. Kayla, tell us about you. Awesome. Uh, so I am Jess K. Kayla DM Dalliance, depending on where in the crazy internets you have found me first. Um, I freelance design, writing, and editing for TTRPG products. Uh, I do charity live streams when people want me to cause chaos on the streams for a good cause. <laughs> I do actual plays and all kinds of crazy things. Uh, and I'm also the general manager for UO Publishing, Underground Oracle Publishing. Um, so the third person in a three-person uh, <laughs> company. Um, and uh, also you can check out my blog-turned-newsletter if you would like. It is mostly weekly, <laughs> as, <laughs> as time allows. <laughs> I think we all know that feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Kayla, nice to have you back as well. Thanks for thanks for coming to hang out. Uh, Britt, tell us about you. Hello, I'm Britt. Um, I am the co-founder of Let's Get Rolling, which is an actual play podcast, and the co-host of the RPG Project, which is a review. We review um, indie uh, TTRPGs on YouTube's, um, and we play. We review and we teach you how to um and that's what i like to do i guess i rhymed <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing <laughs> i love it well thanks for for coming on and hanging out tonight it's 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 been nice yeah, yeah, to get yeah. to know you a little bit so yeah yeah, yeah. Same with you. dennis hi i know you have a lot I'm going on dennis <laughs> Oh yeah, no, nah, nah, just like one or two things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, hi, I'm Dennis. You can find me all around the internet at okayist underscore underscore dm. I run the okayist dm YouTube channel where I make mistakes running games, so you don't have to. Um, I've made many mistakes. I learn a lot from them, and I share those stories over on that channel. Mostly, what my has been consuming my life lately is our live Kickstarter. I designed a game called Sagas, setting and genre agnostic system. And I'm sure we'll get into more details later, but we do have a live Kickstarter that's wrapping up in three days. So it's right at the beginning of our final push to try to get to our funding goal. 
Yes, I am grabbing the link as we speak. But yes, we will, uh, we will definitely have to talk about that in just a little bit. So awesome. I'm excited to have you here. And um, also with another current, currently, still currently going on crowdfunding yep. campaign is Steph from TTRPG Kids. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Steph. Uh, I run the TTRPG Kids website. Um, it is all about making, running, finding, playing tabletop role-playing games with kids making sure that it's specific to their needs and their interests. And the crowdfunder that's going on right now is a zine style booklet uh, guide that is called Making a Tabletop RPG for Your Particular Kid. And it is all about tuning it to your player's uh, specific needs within the game uh, from doing the setting to adjusting mechanics and yeah it's going on right now it's got 10 days left and yeah go check it out it is based on my experience from writing about 400 articles for TTRPG kids in the past two and a half years <laughs> I went a little overboard with the writing maybe in the uh, the website so but hopefully it's a good resource awesome well thank you and uh yes i dropped both um dennis's kickstarter and the crowdfunder for steph in the chat so go check those out um you know if they seem like they are up your alley then uh, maybe maybe throw a few dollars that that their direction um, so if you have never been uh, here for Tales from the Tavern before, let me tell you a little about what you can expect. So everything that we talk about comes from questions from chat. So uh, now that you know who everybody is, if you have questions that you would like to ask this group, please feel free to just drop them in chat. And I have a moderator who will uh, make sure that we get them so that we can discuss them. We have, uh, if you've got some channel points racked up, we do have an ask my question next feature. So if uh, you are maybe getting your question in a little later than you wanted to, but you want to make sure you, that we get to it pretty early, you can drop a thousand channel points and we will bump your question up to the next one in line. Um, otherwise, we just go through them in the order in which they were asked, but um, that doesn't mean that we won't ask each other follow-up questions and that sort of thing. Normally, I also like to throw out that I have a, a channel point redemption for giving my cats treats. However, ever since we moved, my cats don't like to come and hang out with me while I stream. So, <laughs> well, uh, you could use it, but I can't guarantee I will give them treats during the stream. So, uh, so I'm just throwing that out there. But um, yeah, so, so please feel free to drop your, your questions right in the chat. And um, we are going to get started with a question that I always like to ask, especially when we have a lot of new people on here, because I love dice. I love my dice. I have very strong opinions about dice. So I always have to ask, when you are playing at a physical table with actual physical dice, do your dice have to match? <laughs> I've never played at a physical table. Oh. Whoa. Every single game I've played is virtual. So, uh, but the Virgo in me says yes. So <laughs> my question yeah. is as a DM or as a player? Yes. Because player, <laughs> yes, my dice match the theme of my character. And it's a very specific set of dice for that character. And I can't use any other dice that's not that character. Otherwise, it will go badly. 
as a DM, I just have like a goblin horde of dice <laughs> that gets poured out behind the DM screen from like various convention pickups and things that didn't quite fit any character I was playing. <laughs> and also I always have um, a bag of holding or the other one, a bag of devouring that they have of dice in case players don't or forget to bring their dice or misplace their dice for mm -hmm. some reason. So they can reach in and grab just a matching set to play with theirs for the night. Um, I do have to fight with my fiance though on my uh, GM dice because currently, because of cats, uh, her character dice uh, for the home game rerun on Saturdays uh, <laughs> is missing the D20. So she has to borrow one of my D20s. <laughs> so she's always like, which one am I going to steal that's going to roll good tonight so you don't get crit? <laughs> 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 I I think I'm going to have to agree on the difference between the player dice and the GM dice. Uh, I run games with a lot of new players, so it's like a lot of, like, let's teach you how to play tabletop RPGs. So I make sure all my players have sets that I have made from, like, the, the big bag that I have that are all, like, kind of matching or, like, somewhat color-coded. And then... Mine is just like what's left over <laughs> behind the GM screen. And especially if I need like a whole handful of something, uh, there's the mismatched D6s file. Just kind of grab a bunch and go from there. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a little bit different. And then my kid will uh, have their own method for matching the dice and making them look like ice cream or something. <laughs> uh, it's fun, yeah. <laughs> I'm often known for when I'm playing at an actual table with dice um, for dice stacking and then just taking a picture of it. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. yes, I've accomplished it yet again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I. It doesn't matter to me as much as I wish it did, because <laughs> I I'm almost always the one running the game, and when I'm a player, it's just a one shot, and I don't want to buy a new set of dice for a one shot. When I play in a full campaign, I will go through. I'm also a dice goblin. I have my horde. Mm -hmm. um, I will go through and find a set that matches that character, and I almost always have one. Um, but when I'm a, when I'm running a game at a physical table, I actually do my best to try to match the dice. Um, so I have jewelry boxes, best dice boxes, 100%. Just go to the thrift store and find a jewelry box. It's amazing. Um, and I have one that is like, uh, has a drawer at the bottom and it has like a cute little, um, cabinet that you open with three more drawers inside of that. And so I have it separated into all of my D6s, because everything uses D6s, um, a couple of D20s for inspiration, and those are all black and gold, the same actual D20. I just got like six of them. Um, and then there's the big drawer that has my actual dice that I use when I need to roll something as a game master. And those have the same general color scheme, which is grayscale with tints of blue. All right. Uh, I wish I played more games in person these days. Uh, I, I am also the person who plays online a lot, but it's not like I don't have so many different <laughs> dice within, like, arm's reach of my computer. 
and most of these are stuff that I've made this last week, but like, uh, this is how I usually uh, bottle up all of my dice for selling. And they have like the different little uh, potion wraps and everything. That's so uh, actually the first like glow in the dark set I ever made, um, I named it Barbara Yaga. Um, <laughs> and the first person that bought it was a warlock whose patron was Baba Yaga. That's and nice. she had fun telling me all about it. <laughs> I love that. I, uh, I am very much a, uh, my dice have to match no matter what. And like, if one of the dice isn't rolling badly, I can't get rid of just that one. I have to change out the whole set. <laughs> So, Whoa. yeah, although I may have to stop doing that. I was showing this off last month. Hold on. Um, I, I finally, in a, in a gift swap uh, for the holidays, ended up with a timeout chair and a dunce cap. Nice. <laughs> but Love now I also, have, <laughs> I also have a throne and a crown. <laughs> yeah, oh, nice. I love that. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, now I don't think I can actually separate my, like, I'm going to have to actually just like let the dice, you know, sit with the, sit with in the appropriate chairs. But, um, I mean, yeah. it depends on the D4, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. not just as. <laughs> I mean, we could probably find out. I know I have D4s with a nine's reach, so let's, Let's see. Let's see. There's a D4. I bet it probably works better with a D4, actually. Yeah. At least the cool. dunce hat one won't. Yeah. Yeah. The crown might sit a little crooked. Yeah. Actually, the dunce cap doesn't sit on it very well. The crown is definitely crooked, though. <laughs> the dunce hat does not fit on D20s oh, yeah. very well. Yeah. The, the what about the light? Like <laughs> oh, yeah. it's got sass it's got yeah, sass, it's a sass <laughs> yeah. it knows that this is a throne right yeah. <laughs> it's very aware of it but yeah if i put the uh the dunce cap on it it's just like yeah no it's like mm. <laughs> it's kind of sad chilling but yeah i uh i saw somebody in chat say that their favorite set of dice has uh little rubber ducks in them <laughs> Um, I have. I have one. I have a I have set. Funny, that's like that. I have a set uh, yeah. from Greenleaf Geek that has I, the um, the key fish crit dice that that she did at one point. So they have little goldfish in them. Um, and then I also backed the perihedrals that she did. So those have cats in them. <laughs> mm. Oh. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I want oh, a pair yeah. of those just said, for dice. a donation to Extra Life. We'll have a live game of Monopoly with Luna's weird dice things as pieces. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. We can do that. <laughs> It'll be fun. So clearly, we're all having a ton of dice. What it, you said you like to store yours in a jewelry case. What is everyone's preferred like display or storage options for dice? Tackle box. That's nice. One of those like clear like jewelry tackle boxes. Mm -hmm. One of those. Mine yep. are all kept separate from each other. Never the twain shall meet. Uh, 
every set is in its own box or case or jar or something. Um, but my goal, my end goal is to get them all into spice jars and build a spice rack, a, a dice yes. rack with them. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Hi, I have been looking at uh, doing conventions and that was one of the things that I was thinking about trying to see if I could put together for displays and that sort of uh, thing. I actually, personally, I have uh, some uh, coffin crypt boxes for the ones that I um, would use going to conventions. <laughs> I, I will say special active character sets get their own like box to hold them. Yeah. So that they feel special and roll well for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say otherwise they just kind of like end up somewhere that I have to find every time. Uh, I, I, my dream display thing though would be a, uh, I want to build an, like one of those alchemist cabinets, like the big wooden ones with all the like little, little things in them. Um, but I do, once a character is retired, build shadow boxes yeah. for Aww. them. But cool. I also saw recently a project where someone took uh, a hollow core door and cut a window into it. It was to display Star Wars models, but I was like, I could do that for days. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite thing that hold that holds my dice was um, I earned one of the extra life dice cases last year, and nice. um, yeah, so that's that's nice because it's one of the you know one of the hex cases and it has an individual you know spot for each one, and so I like that. Um, <laughs> I, I have a couple of you know wooden cases like that. I have a couple of like 3D printed cases like that. But have you seen Dodeca Donuts Kickstarter? Yes. No, but I think I'm going to need to. Oh. <laughs> uh, Dodeca Donuts is a uh, friend of mine through the Tabletop Creator Hub, and uh, he makes the um. A, a donut-shaped dice boxes. Uh, he has a Kickstarter going on because he wanted to upgrade his setup so that the boxes would be bigger to fit the more custom dice sets. And um, he, uh, at PAX West, I think last year, uh, he got lucky. Mercer saw his uh, stand and went, I need that for Laura. And it's uh, the same uh, one that you've seen like on their live stream from MCM London and in their TikTok. And it's just watching his face light up afterwards. That's my thing. She has my thing. <laughs> was the greatest I thing bet. in the world. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. That's very cool. Um, yeah, Vixen Artistry in chat was just saying, you know, what do you guys think of the potion, the dice potion sets, uh, the potion dice sets where you can shake them instead of roll them? I have yeah, one. Like that. They're really cool. Yep. They're really good with kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, because my kid will, like, wham, throw it at the table as hard as <laughs> yeah. possible. And Mine is uh, in there. Uh, it's contained <laughs> this is glass this one's glass i got it from um a creator at a small con um but it's mermaid themed oh, so it's like neat. 
and then you read it at the top. It is. It makes for a dramatic roll. I will say that it is not a like a quick roll like normal, um, especially mm -hmm. with like the mica powder in it. Um, but it is pretty and it's fun. It's, mm -hmm. it's very fun. I feel like it's great for fidgeting at the table. <laughs> it is, and especially especially like if you are you know like a magic wheeler, like having like a potion of some sort like for healing potions or like rolling healing rolls and stuff like that. It's very fitting and on theme. So that's really cool. I've, I've actually never seen those before. <laughs> yeah. That's They're very cool. cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. The other thing too, just it, somebody was mentioning that it, you know, it's good for a quiet substitute. I got a set, uh, my first ever set of silicone dice for Christmas and those are really fun. <laughs> I have quite I, enjoyed those. <laughs> of yeah, course, I, I still roll them in a those. dice tray so that they don't bounce everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they would be great Fire for kids. Bar. Yeah, yeah. I I've been uh, whenever I go to the dollar store, they sometimes have foam D sixes. Yeah, and so mm. in like a little pack, so there's more than one, and I've been getting like them all the time. Uh, <laughs> for it was actually a dice goblin costume so i put all the foam d6s in this that. like burlap sack that was like you could kind of see through it well so now i know what we actually pax east this year yeah it was fun. <laughs> uh, so i've got my dice all kept in a burlap sack uh is one spot and then i also had won a ice cream pint full of dice so that's where all the random sets go and then people keep getting me dice bags for holidays and birthdays so i actually have like more dice bags than actual like full sets <laughs> so I, this there's like a, a row of uh dice bags so i mean usually, that tells me you have permission yeah. to buy more dice is what that tells exactly me. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep so yeah isn't it but funny there's... when you when you tell someone you like something and they that's all they buy you you're like yes, I like yeah. I like owls, and they're every Christmas, every birthday, mm -hmm. every holiday. That's what they buy. Yeah, <laughs> that actually happened with us with owls. I do that <laughs> with like, one of my friends. Owl decorations. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I do that yeah. with one of my friends. I'm like, oh, I know you love hedgehogs. So literally every hedgehog <laughs> thing I see, I'm like, oh, that's for her for her birthday. Oh, that's for her yeah. for <laughs> for this special yeah. thing. I know. Um, I know I make dice, but it has been a long time since I've actually received any dice for any, uh, birthday or whatever have you. Hmm. They, they probably think that you can make your own. <laughs> or, or that you're I mean, drowning in dice. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Technically I am. I've got like five other boxes of this over there, but, um. I like seeing stuff that other people make. Yeah. All the creative shiny things. I I don't have any dice with rubber ducks in them or anything <laughs> like that yet. Still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> oh yeah. Um all right. Well, let's see. I've got a couple of uh questions that people have been uh not all of them have gone into chat. Some of them have come to me directly. But um, the uh, one of the questions that I got is um, is 
how did you get started in TTRPGs? This person said, I've been dying to get involved for years, but I'm painstakingly shy and I feel like I don't have the personality to take on a character, never mind not even knowing how to play. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I gotta think about my way back machine because yeah, I think we're right. playing in yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know I've said this before, so I'll do the clips notes of it uh my dad helped manage a comic book shop uh right around the same time i was born and uh he got roped into playtesting there and um my earliest like childhood memories are his friday night game with all of his buddies and stuff so um blame my parents <laughs> um, I actually have two oh, stories for this. Um, so I used to say that, and and this is what I would recommend to someone that is starting in TTRPGs. What I used to say is I started out right around the time that D and D Fifth Edition was published, uh, like the first that first set of core books. Um, and I looked, I was looking through the books and realized, wait, this isn't a story. This is a game. I could play this. We could tell our own story with this stuff. Uh, and I started, you know, making characters whole, like completely wrong. Like I was rolling D20s to make characters stats. Uh, <laughs> um, and so I tried my hardest to find like and ask anyone I know, do you want to run this for me? Do you want to do you want to be the one running the game? And everybody was like, that sounds really, really cool, but I don't want to be the one in charge of doing it. And I'm like, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right from the get go, I was, you know, the forever DM. And I quickly realized that's that's the, that's where I wanted to be anyway, um, through you know, getting to build my own world and prepare the story and watch other people experience something that I prepared is a wonderful, wonderful feeling. That wasn't actually my first experience with TTRPGs, though. Um, a couple years ago, a poor memory got dredged up from the depths of my mind of um, my dad take, took us, me and my younger sibling, to a local game store um, to... Uh, by Dungeons and Dragons. He had done it in high school and he wanted us to experience it because he thought we would love it. He was right. We would have. We just, we got there and I had my character all prepared and I was having a good time. It was like, you know, it was an Adventurers League thing. So it was sort of like we were slotted in the middle of a campaign. So the story didn't really make any sense to us. Um, and the big bad of the whole thing teleported in. I don't remember what adventure it was. This was fourth edition, though. Um, and I, being a rogue, did what rogues are supposed to do and ran up behind the big bad and stabbed her. And I missed. And immediately afterwards, she attacked me and crit and dropped me to zero immediately. And I'm like, oh, what happens now? Uh, you roll death save. So I rolled a death save and I failed. Next turn, I rolled another death save and I failed. Third turn, rolled the third death save, failed died i did nothing that was my first experience with oh. ttrpgs and it was 
horrible. I hate it. I was in middle school at the time. And I was like, this game sucks. I'm done. I'm never playing it again. <laughs> and now I, I I do it as a side gig. <laughs> Um, I've told this story a bunch of times, so people who are regulars here know this, but I literally, like, weaseled my way into a home game. Um, my now 16-year-old was a newborn, and my ex-husband was hosting a game at our house, and I had never played before. Um, I knew that he was into it. I was a relatively baby gamer at the time in general. Like, I didn't grow up playing video games or anything, and... Um, I, uh, it was one of those things that I sort of jokingly say, like the first week, you know, put the baby to bed, I go to bed. The next week, put the baby to bed, I move a little bit closer with a book and I kind of listen to what's going on. And then the next week, put the baby to bed and like kind of hanging out in the kitchen while they're playing at the dining table. And then finally, I'm just like, just move over. Like, I just want to see what this is all about. And that was the end of that. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I've only been playing since 2020. Um, and the only reason I started playing was because it was something for my partner and I to do during COVID. Mm -hmm. And he he is also the forever DM. Um, so he wrote a homebrew Stardew Valley 5th edition. Um, mm -hmm. And we played that for an entire like year um, with a bunch of our friends. And playing with them turned into the Twitch channel and now the actual play. And so we've been playing with each other since 2020. Um, but I don't have many years under my belt, but I feel like I've played more TTRPGs than my partner has. Um, who <laughs> um, introduced me to the game. Um, so it was very like, okay, I'll play just because I want to spend time with you. And now I play a lot more than he does. So, um, yeah. <laughs> My first experience was, uh, it was, let's see, probably like eight years ago or so now. Um, my partner was doing a tabletop RPG, like D&D kind of thing with his work friends. And it was like a mini campaign. And for the last one I, like he had been coming home like talking about it and i'm like this sounds like a lot of fun do you need another player like <laughs> and they invited me for the last one it was an absolute blast i played this character that was kind of like aloy from horizon zero dawn it's like a woodsy artificer kind of kind of character and um it ended and i was like okay what happens next like, well that was the end of the mini campaign and i was like oh and then like adult life happens and I kind of forget about it for a while and then I had my kid and uh, I there was like I was having a little bit of a hard time in the beginning uh, just it was a big shift and like trying to find out like where my interests were and things like that and my brother had suggested uh, this podcast critical role mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so uh, he indoctrinated me yeah he, he kind of indoctrinated me into it um and i got super into it then my cousin got super into it and we're like oh we should start a group and we're like okay who's gonna be the gm no one could decide i volunteered i was like i'm gonna make this whole world and then word got out we ended up with like six or seven people at the table it was too much um 
there were some conflicts. It ended pretty horribly. <laughs> and then um, I took a break for a little bit, uh, started up again, kind of petering along with like, you know, maybe once a month or every other week. Uh, and then uh, COVID shutdown happened. And uh, I was like, I need to play this game. And my kid was like two at the time. I was like, hey, kiddo, want to play a story game? And so we started, I was like, okay, what do you think the wizard will do next? Or do you think the wizard will go down this path or this path? And we just kind of like started playing that way. Um, so still play like D&D and other tabletop RPGs with grown up friends now. But uh, yeah, it was kind of like, I never really grew up with it. I wish I had, but it was uh, sort of like that initial like, hey, this is a tabletop RPG. And then it was like, oh, there's a bunch of other people into it. We could actually kind of make a group and kind of went off from there. So, yeah. I'm going to answer it from the other side. I often mm -hmm. get new people into TTRPGs because my family likes to joke that I've been a nerd since birth. Like <laughs> I've, I've been doing some form of IT since grade school <laughs> i did i worked as help desk at high school so i was a nerdy kid with nerdy friends who did nerdy things <laughs> um, so i've been playing for a real long time um but as happenstance i've also been a dm and organizing games for a really long time and getting people into it um if you don't want to do an in-person i would say find a community you really love and hop into their discord there are always games being looking for games being posted in all of those um not just uo but i see them in all the other like 50 million discord channels that i'm a part of um there's also uh start gaming i think or start playing games um which is a place you can go online to see who's posted that they're looking for people for players for games um there's also professional DMs on there if you're really having a hard time finding someone who wants to run a game. Um, I also will suggest, unless you love the maths, um, maybe don't start with D&D. Um, if you maybe are story role-playing, want to feel things out before you get into the heavy maths mechanic systems, start out with one of the smaller systems like kids on bikes or cypher or powered by the apocalypse powered by the mm -hmm. apocalypse something mm -hmm. that is narrative yeah. first or sagas <laughs> no. ah. <laughs> yeah, something that is narrative first so that you can get used to and feel comfortable with the role playing with people you may or may not know situation and like thinking through how you want to approach situations in character and get used to that and then segue into maybe some of the more math mechanics heavy things like dnd um if you want to indoctrinate your kids into the ttrpgs um <laughs> i there are things to do that that i did with my nephew like the abcs and one two threes of <laughs> yeah, those are good books and uh, <laughs> uh the uh card game version of dnd and and so many things like that that i and the choose your own adventure books that they come came out mm -hmm. with for a bunch of TTRPGs. Mm -hmm. Those I because <laughs> this Christmas I asked my sister-in-law what my nephews wanted, and she was like, Well, your oldest nephew is super into D D and stuff now. So like something like that. And I was like, success. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to give it to him without him asking for it as in addition to another gift. It is just the gift. 
Um, so those are things if you want to get into it, I would say pretty easily. Like I said, start playing games if you just want to like hop into a random group, see if you like the system. If you are part of Discord groups, just look for their look for gaming channels. Um, I know UO, we're getting ready to start a ton of them. Um, and if you don't have a lot of time to commit, I wrote a rule set to overlay on the Cypher system for our world that lets me run it in a West Marsh style campaign without me dying. <laughs> um, which allows you to just jump in and out of sessions without really worrying about losing your spot or not being able to progress with the rest of the people. Um, so yeah, join communities. That's right. And because I happen to know this person, like socially, like they've literally been in my house, uh, I, you know, it, just text me, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I happen to live with a forever GM, so. <laughs> um,. Uh, Hex, did you have an answer for that? I didn't. Did you get to answer that? Um, uh, getting people into it. Either getting I into it yourself or getting people into it. Yeah. I was the one that started off by saying my parents were the ones that had gotten me into it, but I in turn got uh, other folks into it. Surprisingly, not my partner. One of our mutual friends uh, actually dragged him into doing it uh fourth edition while i was in my senior year of college hi i have a video editing and an animation degree and those projects were rough um but i i've dragged a few of my friends into it and unfortunately i don't have much of a background outside of D&D. I'm starting to get that more, but Dungeons and Dragons and other D20 systems are what I grew up on. Don't ask me how to calculate Thaco. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell you. Because that was the first, that was current when I started playing, like a few years later, third edition came out. Yeah, I started with 3.5 and then bypassed 4 and did a lot of the like the public play testing for 5th when it was still being called D&D Next. So. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Um, all right. So another question that we have is um this one is from Jason, and uh, his question is, what is the biggest difference when playing a streaming game instead of a game with just friends? Oh, <laughs> I have so much to say about this. <laughs> um, the best way I can boil it down from a four-hour TED Talk uh, <laughs> um, is when you are playing a home game with friends, you are playing for the enjoyment of everyone at that table. When you are playing a streamed game, you are playing for the enjoyment of everyone watching. Yes. 
And that is a huge difference. Yeah. It is a difference in how you play, you spend, especially with stream games. Um, like if you watch Critical Role, those people are professionals and they sit there for over an hour because they're not in the scene and they just do nothing for an hour at the table. People at home games, you can't expect them to do that. They want, they came to play. They didn't come to listen. I think um, to that point, one of the things that I always say is that when you're playing a home game, you're playing a game. And when you're, when you're doing a streamed game, you're putting on a show. <laughs> mm-hmm. The difference between a game and a performance. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> And if you think DMing a home game is bad, <laughs> DMing a stream game is like spinning ten times the amount of plates, and uh, it's not helped if you have three monitors. Yep. Uh, yeah, this is without even getting into all the tech stuff that you need yeah. to do to stream a game. Yeah. It, it is a commitment, and it it is a very, very rewarding experience, but it is still a very big commitment. I think when you sit down at a table when you're trying to make content compared to when you're just having for, for fun, you, you look for people that are going to also put on a good performance. You look for people who are serious about it. You look for people who are going to make sure that the quality and, you know, everything else is up to a standard. Whereas if you go to your best friend's brother's house and you sit down, you know, you don't care that you're wearing sweatpants and, you know, you've got cheese all over your fingers. Like, you don't care. Like, you're just there to have fun and your characters are named Fart and, you know, <laughs> things like that. You don't care what your characters are named. Rather, you know, when you when you do it for a performance, you know, you research your character. Your background is some big, long thing. And, you know, I feel like it becomes a job at that point. And not saying that, you know... I'm not saying that with like a bad tone, but more like you you have a different air and a different effort you put towards something when you're making content compared to just for fun. And on top of that, too, when you're playing a streamed game or even a podcast, you know, ultimately for a lot of people, the majority of people, their goal is to grow a channel and grow an audience base. So not only are you playing the game, but you're also doing a ton of promotion and cultivating a community. And um, it's there's a lot of work outside of literally sit. It's not just sitting down and turning on your computer and and your ring light and getting ready to go. It's there's a whole lot of other stuff involved in it, too. It's a job. Yeah, it, it, it can. It, it's almost like a full time job. Yeah. I will say from the kind of player side, so I don't do like, I don't have my own streaming channel and I'm not on one regularly, but I get invited to guest on streams quite a bit. Uh, so I've been in probably about like a half a dozen uh, games, a lot of them for like charity stuff. Um, and it is very, very different uh, being a random player too, uh, being called in. So there's like a nerves element because I'm not used to being on camera a whole lot and I'm not much of a camera person. So I'm good here, but I like, it's just a very different kind of format 
than when you're playing online with other people for like a for fun game. Uh, there's different ground rules, different systems to learn. And sometimes things like learning a system live uh, in front of an audience can be a little bit difficult sometimes. Uh, it's definitely very fun and it's a challenge, especially if you have an audience that's learning with you, it's kind of cool. But uh, the vibe is like, definitely like kind of a, okay, what do I, what do I do next? Let's think of my turn ahead of time. So there's not a big gap. You're a little bit more careful about uh, kind of some of the table etiquette, um, just cause you're, you're sort of thinking of it a little bit more uh, since you know that it is a, there's a performance element to it. And I think also that's costumes. one of the reasons I, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, also costumes. I was on, uh, talking xp's channel for candela obscura and um i did an entire four hour one shot with the plague doctor mask on oh man now as <laughs> you can see i have glasses that was not a good idea i could not <laughs> read the screen by the end of it <laughs> I, I did a fallout character like a fallout campaign character that uh was uh half um i forget what the it's like half cool. zombie yeah half ghoul cool. or like yeah and so i was like came in with the face all covered so i had like a face mask and a scarf and stuff on on camera and that lasted about 30 minutes i'm like i'm gonna have my character reveal their face because like i can't do this much longer <laughs> so, yeah. I, yeah. yeah costumes like is like, picking for a stream is like a whole like skill mm -hmm. set that you have to learn uh um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it gets uncomfortable real quick. <laughs> Hex, this is definitely definitely for you. Wolf's blood in chat just said, "Did you have to wear glasses with a mask? You may be entitled to condensation." Okay. <laughs> yes, I actually had a lab mic clipped onto the beak, so that was how everyone actually heard me uh, for the entire time. Wow! So it's not like I could move it very much either. I tend to, I tend to not dress up in cosplay when I'm doing live streams. It's just, it's not really my forte. And uh, on top of that, I just, it, well, I'm also really close to my camera. So even if I dress up, like you're not going to see most of it anyway. <laughs> so when I do dress up, it's generally, I don't want to say minimal effort, but it's not very involved. It's, it's. You know, one time I played like a mouse folk, so I made like a little headband with mouse ears. And one time oh. I was playing in a short term um, pirate game. So for the last episode, we all, you know, we all dressed up. But uh, fortunately, it was right around Halloween. So it was like lo off to my local spirit Halloween store and, you know, <laughs> picked up like a headband and some jewelry that you could see, you know, you could see it from here to here. And that was about it. So... <laughs> We did a Brindlewood Bay one shot for charity once. Nice. And so we all dressed up like old ladies. And my husband uh, wore a a wig, one of my wigs. And he's like, do I have to wear this the entire time? I was like, you do. <laughs> <laughs> because by like, you know, like three hours in, you're like, I don't wear, yeah. normally wear this on my head. You're like, Ugh. Um, I mean, I love, I love cosplaying. I think it's fun, but. When you're trying to sit down in one spot for a while, after a while you're just like, nah. So. 
why I like the uh, waist up cosplay for stream. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. you're just like, this is all the camera is seeing. So yeah. like, my top half is going to be very uncomfortable, but my bottom half is going to be as comfortable as Yeah, possible. I'm literally wearing pajama mm -hmm. pants right now, so. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Me too. Yes. Zoom cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> and then yes. my partner goes Zoom casual cosplay. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly had, what it is. I had uh, lounge pants on the entire time with that outfit. <laughs> oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. yeah. You have to balance it. Otherwise, it's just too much. Um, mm -hmm. And I will say, uh, like, actual plays are a whole other thing. And then you add, like, a charity live stream yeah. complications on top mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. Where you're like, okay, I have four hours not only to run this, like, one shot, but also to make sure I hit whatever goal <laughs> charity has given me for my time slot. Yeah. Uh, so, like, what incentives? How do I incentivize people to donate? How is it going to affect the game? Oh, ten people just donated and now my game is pure chaos. Yeah. How do I bring it back? Suddenly yep. I have to come up with 15 magic Last items charity to stream. find in your next role. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um. Yep. Yeah, we I run a um an extra life weekend event and and that's really hard because you're you're when you play at home versus playing even even just a regular actual play like if you go over by, you know, 15 20 minutes, that's okay. But if you're doing like a charity weekend with their with streams back to back to back, mm -hmm. you have very minimal wiggle room, so you have to fit it in that time frame. So it kind of goes back to that, like, it's a show and you have, here's your time slot, you know? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, I know when I'm, when I'm doing the scheduling for that, I try to build in an hour buffer so that like, if the stream before goes a little bit long, there's some time. And then the group that's going on an hour after they're scheduled to end has a window to do all their tech stuff. But yeah, that's another mm -hmm. whole, that's another whole thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Because you say you're good one shots. You say it's gonna be a one shot, but are one? That's my question. Are one shots ever really one shots? I always have a yes. point of three that they have to accomplish, and then I will BS some magical wrap up ending. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've once done a one shot that's turned into like a two shot. I did a three shot that turned into a five shot. Um, I've definitely played one shots that uh, they should have ended a lot sooner than they did because it like it was one of those things where uh, I think the DM again like it, again it boils down to the time frame thing like this all 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 everything that we're talking about all relates to each other. Um, they let us languish for an hour trying to solve a puzzle. <laughs> and it was like yeah you can't do that on a stream no, you can <laughs> I mean, do that in a you shouldn't game. do you that anyway do but yeah. you can't do that on a stream at all <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i've been able to kind of keep some of them a little bounded because like we'll we uh do board game nights and then i'll also be like hey if anyone wants to come a few hours early i'll be running a learn uh, tabletop RPGs kind of like session with a little mini one shot and so I just make sure that they know up front that 
we're going to be spending like an hour going through the system and talking about basics and things like that. And then yeah. we'll do like an hour of like, here's like a little mini adventure that's going to have a social interaction, a combat scene and some skill checks. Um, so like tutorial stuff like that, um, I think can definitely be a one shot. It's really hard when you have uh, like on a stream we did uh, in the winter had one uh they're just like little one hour sessions. We ended up chaining a couple of them together along the same story, even though it was totally different systems. We we're just like, we need to keep the story going. Um, the the only one that I was able to like keep like within its time frame was uh, it was very scripted in terms of what the GM was doing because I made it all rhyme because it was like a Grinch that stole Christmas kind of spoof. Um, so that was like the only one only of like necessity for like keeping the rhymes going because I was not coming up with those on the fly. So uh, it it's really hard for uh, keeping the game as like an actual one shot. You always want to keep the story going and like one to two hours never enough it seems. So yeah. All right. Well, this is a good question to take into before we head to break. Uh, when you are playing uh a, when you're gaming to just game so you're not streaming you're not podcasting anything like that what's your favorite snack as a dm do Hardest. i get to eat <laughs> <laughs> that's cinnamon sugar pretzels oh those sound those amazing. they're amazing they're from sam's club i think sam's club has them <clears throat> I'm a sweets gal. Like, if you give me, like, Twizzler bites, I will devour mm. the bag. Yeah. <laughs> I find I have I'm, to stick gonna... to something like Twizzlers, because otherwise, I like, I, I will eat, like, all the chocolate at the table. Mm -hmm. Or <laughs> I'm going to go with baked goods, because mm. we usually mm. will make something, uh, like, cupcakes or something. I'm, like, trying to cut it up into small pieces, so I'm, like trying to pace it doing my best <laughs> still always end up having like three cupcakes by the end <laughs> chat saying popcorn jolly ranchers <laughs> when we do our in-person game um we like make lunch beforehand for everyone mm. um because mm. so, we host it um <laughs> and I inhale that and then subsist on like snacky sweets and energy drinks because like I don't have time to go get chips from the kitchen. I got six players I gotta run through. Yeah. Here's my here's my I was in a... a sponsored ad. Uh critical hit cookies. <laughs> yes, they're delicious. I think I won them on one of the charity streams. Probably. I we order from her a lot and then actually we did Tales from the Tavern as a panel at Pax Unplugged and Carrie came to the panel with two boxes of uh random oh. half dozen boxes for me to give away at the panel. That's um, so cool. Yeah, that was really awesome. So uh yeah. Uh use code Luna ten for ten percent off your order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, chips, candy, cookies, and Korean pickles. Somebody is saying in chat. <laughs> Yeah, one of our players b brings a Tupperware batch of Korean pickles and gifts them to me so that I will give the group inspiration. Because <laughs> our table rules is if someone gifts the DM with, like, caffeine or snackies, then the table gets inspiration. 
<laughs> I was actually asked this question recently. I was on um, Cypher Unlimited's uh, stream yes. as a guest, and they have a section of their uh, regular guest show where it's rapid fire, and it was snacks, sweet or salty. And my answer surprised them. It was, it doesn't matter what you eat as long as it's quiet. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, not even without recording it, I, like, as I'm running a game, if someone's over there, crunch, 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 as the dragon is, like, attacking, it, it, just, <laughs> it just breaks everything for me. That's when you just say it's just the dragon eating the bones of its enemies. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm playing, if I'm playing uh, in a virtual setting, like if I'm playing over Discord or something like that, I am far less inclined to snack during the game than I am during an in-person game for for just that reason. Because one, I'm really bad about remembering to unmute myself when I go to talk, so I don't want to mute myself because I'm eating. <laughs> I'm the queen of forgetting to unmute. Back during, uh, we back heard that during, though. Yeah. <laughs> back during the, like the height of all the COVID stuff, when everybody was working from home, I literally had made myself a sign that I stuck under my computer monitor that just said, "You're on mute." <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it's it became a thing. For the stream too, like I would start the stream and I'd start seeing in chat, Luna, you're on mute. <laughs> oh, whoops. Uh, all right. Well, this is a good good chance for us to take a quick break. Um, let everybody get drinks, stretch their legs, all of that. So we are gonna we're gonna take a quick pause here. As soon as uh, everyone is back from, from their breaks, we will come back and answer some more questions. So if you think of anything during the break, feel free to drop those in chat. Um, and uh, we, will, we will see you very shortly. <laughs> there we go. There everybody is. Hi, we're back from break. I was trying to switch over from, uh, from our, our, our screen, but... Um, both of my cats currently are on my desk. The two cats that I said never, ever come down here while I'm streaming are both on my desk right now. Um, and one of them is directly between my microphone and my monitor. So when she does that, I can't see anything. Um, but anyway, welcome back from break. Uh, we are... Yeah, <laughs> yeah Bees just said, well, it's the cat stream now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Although we do keep joking, we have a bunny in our office too, so we keep joking that we're gonna get a um, a bunny cam so that we can do treats for bunnies now and and have a bunny cam on so people can see the bunny. Uh, Bat duck, I am redeeming treats for kitties right now, so they are getting treats and they are all very happy. <laughs> um, let's see, we've got some questions to dive right in on. Let's see, the next question that we have is. Uh, if you created a magic wand, but instead of doing damage, it was meant to annoy the opponent, what would the wand do? <laughs> Wet willies. They <laughs> <laughs> can probably say their name over and over again. Like the, like that Stewie. Uh, mom, yeah. mom, mom, yeah, mom, yeah, mom. yeah, like that. Just like. A little voice back here. Yeah. <laughs> when I was um, like in, I don't know, middle school or elementary school or something, 
we used to do that thing where you'd randomly poke somebody just really fast and go, is this annoying? Is this annoying? Is this annoying? Yeah. This annoying? So we'd probably yeah. do something like that. <laughs> Mage hand that just kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> Mage hand that's like, I'm not touching you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like. Um, oh, cats. It's like a mage hand when you're in the backseat of a car with a sibling. <laughs> Mine would probably ask them the most anxiety-inducing questions they can, like, are you sure you turned the stove off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, um, hey, can we talk later? Make a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Oh, no reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, mine would be a a loud noise or or uh, the the kids cheering him up like when they're in the middle of trying to cast a spell. That requires concentration. <laughs> Mine would be um, the Coco Melon theme song on repeat. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you are yes. a parent who is of children age that watched Coco Melon. Well, mm -hmm. I also have to say Baby Shark. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Any annoying children's yeah. song that you could think of that you're like, children just watch over and over and over and over. The Trolls soundtrack. Oh my gosh. Let it go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm sure Probably the most things. ironic earworm. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a small world or. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I still have that TikTok video going around of the Uber driver who has the instructional rap video for his rules of the car, and that's still stuck in my head, so that should be stuck in all my players' head as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I, I'll, all it makes me think of is like, you know, it, I think I just saw it circulating around social media again recently, and it was the... Um, you know, if you could change a spell so that it mildly inconveniences somebody, what would it be? And that's kind of what this reminds me of. Yeah. The yeah. change one letter thing. Yeah. Of the spell. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, I, it would be um, if you like see something just out of the field of your primary vision. So you like mm. feel like you need to look. Oh, that would be so annoying. <laughs> the hair on the tongue. Oh, yeah. 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 Invisible hair on the tongue. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yep. That would be mine. Or that mm -hmm. feeling of like, like a cotton ball in your mouth or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ghost vibrations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Just all of the things that you're like, like if that happens one yeah. more time, you're gonna break. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm trying to like go down the list of like uh, road road trip annoyances for my brother. <laughs> I think yeah. all of those. That's what I. That's what I'm thinking too. Is like road trips with my siblings. Yeah. 
for anybody who's old enough to, you know, remember the days of pre-satellite uh, radio and pre-streaming and all of that stuff in the car, it's like all of your radio stations come in slightly fuzzy. <laughs> or like oh, yeah. Yeah. something you don't want to listen to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to keep flipping through it until you just come back to the same station and it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. There's only five stations and they're all playing the same thing. <laughs> Yeah. Every time you change the station and you like the song, it's like the last three seconds of it. Yes. Yeah. I will say so. There was a time right after uh, the Havana song came out that literally every time we got in the car and the radio came on, that song was like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Same thing then, happened with Adele's Hello. Yeah. yeah. And you would change mm -hmm. stations and then you would be halfway through the song on another station. Like, oh. Mm hmm. Uh, all right. Well, let's see. Next question that we have uh, is an ask my question next from Guts McGirt. And uh, he would like to know, what is your favorite art style for a TTRPG? Ooh. The artwork and Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a good, good one. Um, so if you've ever if had the physical book, just the... Oh, it's just gorgeous and it's one of my favorite just to look through just to see the the artwork through it because it's oh it's just phenomenal and if also if you haven't played thirsty sword lesbians that's another ttrpg that should be on your list yeah it's, i haven't played it but i've i've seen it played a number of times and it's very entertaining <laughs> Mm -hmm. I would say I'm a, an eclectic bitch when it comes to art styles. Uh, my home decor could also attest to that fa fact. Um, but for me, it's like as long as the art style of the TTRPG book like matches what the, the book is trying to convey to me. Like if it hits home on spooky, then it needs to be a spooky TTRPG like Monster of the Week. If it's mm -hmm. high fantasy, then it needs to hit that. Like sometimes they get close, but don't quite like match what the book was going for and you're like oh they they were they were almost there um but as long as it matches that it hits home it like inspires me on like the things i want to run in that game for players and gets me excited enough to like start the hype trade <laughs> for the mm -hmm. game with that system mm -hmm. um, i'd say i i really like uh inspirals has yes. a lot of people like not work through it that's yeah. really cool and there's a few different artists between like the different books and stuff that have added their own bits and pieces to it so but they all work together really well and then uh i like the coloring book games because it's like really easy to do with the little uh but then i also really like ink drawings um and so like i've i've found that like i'm very drawn to the ones that have like ink drawing style art for the ones that I like to play um just for myself especially if it's like a journaling game I don't know there's just something about it that like hits different so but kind of like you said as long as it matches the theme then like that kind of pulls you into it as well so yeah there's um a TTRPG we played called um Print Weaver um mm -hmm. which they like they're basically the mana is um ink so a lot mm -hmm. of the artwork in that game is just like ink splotches and stuff and it's yeah. oh it makes you want to play like you said it makes you want to play the game because it just draws you in so mm -hmm. 
trying to think. I really like, um, so somebody that I know uh, wrote a game called Aether and Steamworks, and he's also an artist. And I just, I love his art in general. So I'm going to have to go with probably his his art for, mm -hmm. for Aether and Steamworks. Um, yeah, I I think you guys have all hit on other ones that I'm like, like, in Isles is really great. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of others, but I can't think of any right off the top of my head. Oh, sorry. Obligatory. My fiance's art is my favorite art style. <laughs> <laughs> she is in chat. <laughs> I think, because I wish I had more physical games, but like that little shelf right there, that's everything I've got. And that much is fifth edition. Yeah. So I've got that much of not fifth edition and it's like three games. Um, so I don't have a lot of experience looking through the art style of a lot of different games. Uh, not yet, at least. So from that small pool I have to pull from 100% has to be, and this is a very biased answer, the art for my own game <laughs> for sagas. Yeah. Um, uh, Rook Zero, his stuff is gorgeous he does um he does this thing where it, like two times a week he will get on stream for three to four hours and just do line drawings of character art from chat suggestions <clears throat> and so he has this huge repertoire on his discord server like a huge uh backlog built up of just this coolest like you know, your kobolds, your warforged barbarians with some weird gimmick. Um, he drew me a wooden warforged once with like branches sticking out of the head. I um, once on stream made a uh, <laughs> made an entire adventure based off of one piece of character art from him. That was like this. Um, it was a character with a mask and a spear and the mask itself was like see-through and inside it was just bubbles um and out the back there was like it looks like uh tables had been ripped out of a wall um and it was uh it's it's just so cool and i cannot wait for him to do the rest of my book <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got to kind of maybe jump onto that a little bit leo assis um, I liked his style so much that I hired him for writing or for doing the art for the the crowdfund that I've got going on right now. Um, he's got it looks like Hilda kind of or like the vibe is kind of like the Hilda series a little bit. Um, like he's got his very own like unique style, but just like the playfulness. And I was just like, oh, I have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, we ran using one of the play test it was less of a play test and more of like look the game's finished kind of stream yeah but we played yeah. sagas using the hilda universe so it was set in yeah. tolberg um awesome. and the artist we found for that mimicked the style of hilda perfectly like the character art that we got for that game looked like it came from the show and it was it was so good and so cool i, I just love the yeah. show it's it's gorgeous that's sweet yeah, um, that's a good show. Jason just mentioned in chat too, and and Dennis is gonna know this name, Kethup. <laughs> um, <laughs> he did he did art for a project that uh, 
Jason put my name on it, but he did all the work um, for a Pinocchio uh, series of adventures, and Kedip did all the art for that, and it was like chef's kiss. It was so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got so many projects brewing right now, yeah. too, mine included. <laughs> yeah. He's super talented, so... Well, yeah. And also freelances yeah. and stuff, because he's doing stuff for UO right now, and yeah. I'm like, how do you have the time? Yeah. <laughs> He has so many projects he's balancing. Yeah. It's it's phenomenal. Yeah, he's he's awesome. If you ever need to track him down, you can pretty much always find him in one of the Cypher servers somewhere. <laughs> he's actually streaming right now his weekly game. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, don't don't go look for him right now. <laughs> no, stay. You're stay you're ours here. for now. <laughs> uh um, okay, so another question that we just got as an ask my question next um, was, let's see, this one was from Keen, uh, and the question is, and, and this is going to take a long time because this question comes up inevitably every so often, <laughs> what are some TTRPGs you've been meaning to try but haven't yet? <laughs> oh, the list is infinite. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I have a review queue for TTRPG Kids that goes all the way past the end of the year already. Yeah. Yeah. From yep. like, and I want to play all of them <laughs> so bad, but there's like a limit to how many I can do in a week. Yeah. So, I think scheduling yeah. also limits how many you can do, yeah. which is why I've started doing uh, solo uh, TTRPGs that I'll then like mm. journal and put them on my blog yeah. uh, till, and then the next week review like how I felt the experience went um, but I would say top tier is Thirsty Sword Lesbians because I backed, backed it I got the book <laughs> and I'm like okay who, let me gather some people together also I do not want to DM this I want to avoid it so someone else has to take the, the spot they don't fight they kiss it's amazing <laughs> I can't be forever DM for this I have to be a player I have very specific needs um there's one that's on my list this year and it's made by an indie creator it's called Tangled Blessings and it's only like a yes. one to two player um um and you use tarot cards to reveal your fate um so it's it's a horror ttrpg um mm -hmm. and i really really want to play it i've i don't like horror things but when it comes to like ttrpgs i'm like love them yeah. um so this is this i just got it um i just got the digital version so um i definitely will be playing that this year because i'm very excited um Highly recommend that, that one. I played it with uh, my fiance not too long ago, mm -hmm. and it's a really, really cool, like dark academia one to two person. And yeah. it's uh, that's what you're not recommend in. enough. That's what drew me in is like the academia slash like using something other than necessarily dice um, to play a game. Um, mm -hmm. That's 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 what because I, you know, we love. We love dice dice games, but to have something obscure be different, it just draws me in. So I I've been really excited for one. It's called Nancy Druid by Ninth Level Games. And because I grew up like reading the Nancy Drew books and playing all the her interactive games and stuff like that. 
And so when I found out they were coming out with one called Nancy Druid, I was like, please, I would love to review this. I have no <laughs> idea the background like this has to my childhood and growing up. So um, I'm I'm like geeked for that one. Uh, and then the art for um, it is so cute. Oh yeah, it is. It's adorable. Oh. I love it so much. Like, and I I haven't had but a chance to take more than like a cursory glance of it so far and i'm so excited to dig into it uh there's that one uh there's one called precious things that i just heard about and it's like a little dragon collecting things that sounded super cute that i want to check out too i think that one just came out as part of uh zine month uh so that one might be like a little bit further down the road but i'm also like geeked for that i like and um i like those solo solo journaling games too like i'm always on the lookout for more of those so i have a, I have a yeah. sticky notes full of solo yeah journaling games. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i've got i have this massive excel sheet because like i've played over 100 games and then like essentially written like a 2000 word essay on them uh for like the website so i have them all organized in this massive excel sheet and i'm like trying to remember everything that i have in there because it's just like pages and pages and i'm like i want to play everything <laughs> so yeah this, this is a hard question <laughs> avatar the last airbender is on my list uh that ttrpg yeah, is on my list for this year too um it's good my, is it okay good yeah. i've never watched the show um i've never watched a show um but i'm doing that on purpose so i could see if i can actually play it without knowing the show it's it's Ooh. very dependent on who's running the game how well the game goes okay mm -hmm. uh because we played it i've played it a couple one shots with it and with different uh people running it it's a very very different game <laughs> okay mm -hmm. okay there's some cool stuff with it with how they have like um balance that kind of shifts back and forth throughout the game mm -hmm. um for like particular characters which is kind of oh. cool um so it depends on like if your gm is getting into that or if they're just focusing on the mechanics and stuff like that um like we'll kind of drive it and i think a lot of the the feel for it would still come through even if you haven't seen the the show and they give you like all the lore also but it's like in a very condensed like timeline format if you wanted to okay. get into kind of some of the background too it does so. do seeming really well and i think it also balances because they have the option of not being a bender so not being a, mm -hmm. someone who can do any of the element bending stuff in the system um that i think still keeps it kind of balanced uh mm -hmm. i will say if you do play a non-bender probably play it longer term because it is more of a of a power curve as we say, mm -hmm. uh, before you can feel like you're on level footing uh, with your vendor friends. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Good to know. Yeah. I, um, I picked up uh, 10 candles at PAX East several years ago. Literally picked it up and was like, I need to learn how to run this game. I have never said that about a game ever, <laughs> ever. Like I just am, I don't typically GM games at all. Um, so 
I was just so fascinated with the whole concept of how it works and and like Brit, I'm not typically a horror person, but for some mm-hmm. reason I've started getting into it like in the TTRPG space. Um like love the game uh, Mothership which is another horror TTRPG and um, you know so yeah 10 Candles I'm like I have to I have to learn how to play that the problem is I can't find anybody local that wants to play it so I'm like (laughs) the second you you said local I was like oh oh no yeah Yeah. (laughs) I I would love to learn people that have pulled it off online I would really like to try it in person before I attempt mm-hmm. to do it online. <laughs> it is an in-person mm-hmm. before online game. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. okay. I really would like to play that. Um, let's see. Um, I also picked up and of course I am completely drawing a blank on the name of it, but it's a game that you actually play. It's a two-person game and you play it via email. Um I found it at PAX Unplugged, and I want to say it's called, like, Silence to Noise or Noise to something along those lines. But um, I found it at PAX Unplugged, and I was like, this is awesome because I have a a very good friend who lives in California. So time difference is really challenging, but we were like, oh, this would be great because we can play it together, but we don't have to play it on a time frame because it's all done via email. Um, but the concept is basically one of you is somebody who stays on the planet. The other person is somebody who goes into space and the longer apart you, the longer time apart you are, the more, um, uh, like convoluted your messages get. So the letters all begin to shift. And part of the game is you have to decipher the emails. And, um, I was like, that's going to be really cool. So, um, signal to noise. I think that's what it's called. I think that's it. Um, that sounds right. Yeah, I, I recognize that name. I'm I'm there's, looking it up right now. <laughs> there's one similar. Is, that's, I don't know if that's Googleable because signal to noise is a real thing too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's there's something similar that's on my bookshelf that I'll have to drop in our oh. chat probably later. That you get a group of friends together and you're solving a mystery via sending letters to like physical letters yeah. to each other. It's called Signal yeah. to Noise by Lu- by Lunar Shadow Shadow. It's available on itch. Um but uh yeah, so I was like, this sounds like it's gonna be super cool. So we we haven't gotten to start it yet, but I'm really looking forward to to getting into that because I was like, that sounds like it could be really cool. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, as far as games that I want to try, um, I want to actually run a game or, or play in a game of uh, Vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started working on dice for it before I ever even got a chance to play, so... Um, <laughs> But uh, I also want to do, what was it, uh, Couple Path Games Locus? Yep. Because that was on, the last time I was on was with uh, Fern. And it sounded really awesome. Like something I just want to try and sink my teeth into. Because I've mentioned it in Dennis's Discord. Uh, I would love to do a analog horror 
setting uh, around the Sagos framework. Uh, I really absolutely adore uh, Mandela County and that sort of thing and that kind of pervasive creeping horror type shit is just right up my alley. I feel like there's so many like i keep looking over at our shelf of games and yeah. i'm like oh yeah we we really need to play that at some point we probably should play that at some point <laughs> like, like for the 500th time yeah <laughs> you know i've got like a copy of dialect staring me in the face and uh we just picked up index card rpg not too long ago <laughs> i've heard a lot of good things about that one yeah yeah, I have too. We um, so one of the actually he was just on the on the stream last month. Um, uh, one of the authors that works on the Star Trek games, uh, actually does all of the TTRPG buying for our local comic book store, and um, so he really has his finger on the pulse of like stuff that looks really cool. So. So he's funny because, uh, you know, we've got a Discord for the for the store and he'll be like, oh, I just picked up, you know, two new copies of this and four new copies of that. And <laughs> we're like, darn it, now we got to go in again. <laughs> I, I still have that, like, forever long list of first the ones that I own and have never played. Um, because that's getting too long. Even even with this little little bit right here on my shelf behind me that I still haven't played. I think I've played one of them, Tangled Blessings. Yeah. But I have Ten Candles. That's at the top. Uh, Avatar Legends. Uh, still haven't played that one. And I also got Blades in the Dark for Christmas this year. Um, heavily recommended constantly. Just haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> So just um, FYI, but I'm starting to. Uh, my fiance and I play a game of that. Usually it's every other week, but if you ever want to join in, we play on Sunday afternoons. <laughs> not stream, not afternoons. anything. It's just for fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but usually, like, I don't know if I'm going to start knocking off piece like games off of that list anymore because I've designed sagas, which is one of the pitches for it originally when I was thinking about it was I want to be able to play in a different world without taking the time to learn an entire new rule set because I really like I really really love rules like games that leave space for the the cast because most of my games are streamed at this point uh, leave space for the cast to flex their abilities uh, instead of being bogged down in, you know, what do you add with what dice, etc. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part about learning a new system is what dice, what modifiers, what, how do you build your character and all that stuff. And as much as mm -hmm. I love playing new games, that's the thing that scares me the most. Mm -hmm. Cheat sheets are your friend. Oh yeah. <laughs> when you're going through like taking notes and finding a way to condense it into one sheet. If I can't condense it into one sheet, it's probably too complicated to teach somebody <laughs> as like a, a one-shot kind of thing. Like it's gotta be a big long campaign to like learn yeah. the, the rules. Yeah. So yeah. the um, cheat sheets are a big one. 
I know that Renegade Studios has been putting out uh, cheat sheets for all of their World of Darkness games that they mm -hmm. uh, got over. Handy dandy infographics and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and you can find them all over their websites. But more bigger-ish companies do that, the more it will trickle down, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. We literally put one as the first page in the saga's book is a cheat sheet. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I think I always end up making them when I'm, I'm going yeah. to run a game at a con and they're like, hey, can you run XYZ for us? And I'm like, yeah, do you have like material for it? And they're like, we have the books. Do you need the books? And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to go. I'll be, be right back. I got to go make yeah. some primers and one pagers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we have another ask my question next, and that's that's three. So that's all of the ask my question next that we have for tonight. Uh, this one is from Big Bees, and Bees would like to know who is a forever DM that you respect the most and want to run a game for. I'd answer that question, but I've already gotten to run a game for them, so. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I, I'm the forever DM. Um, I, yeah, same. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I can't say Jess anymore or Keith because I've ran games for both of them. Um, it feels think... like a cop out to say like Matt Mercer or something. <laughs> That's where my yeah. mind went first too. Yeah. <laughs> or like Brendan, but. I, I think I think my problem is that I check that box off very quickly when I connect with someone um, who is if they are a forever GM like that's how I become friends with them. Hey, I'll run a game for you on a play. Sure. When? And, you know, we go from there. And that's just like part of being a producer in our niche is being able to set those up like quickly. I feel like we needed to adopt a forever GM like initiative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Twelve the with a card. GMs, all the forever GMs get together. Yeah. The Everyone runs a game for another <laughs> forever we, GM. We did that. We did that yeah, in one of the genre. one of our sagas playtests. Was oops yeah. all GMs and what we did <laughs> was. Um, like, because Sagas is, stands for setting and genre agnostic system. So you can play it in any world. And we, like, we started in mine and it was like a uh, weird, you know, sort of cyberpunk Western thing. Um, and then at the end of every single session, the entire party got sucked into a portal or something. And the next, the next time we met, someone new would be in the GM seat and there would be a new world. But we all have the same characters reflavored to fit that setting. We went through like a, you know, spaceports, one set in a spaceport. We went through one set in like a classical fairy tale realm with like, you know, um, uh, Little John and uh, the Tooth Fairy and Cinderella. All We're all characters. Um, and it, it's so, yeah, do it. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I was like kind of thinking about it. Um, Michael Lowe from Luck of Legends. So I know that he runs a lot of games 
uh, like he teaches classes using tabletop RPGs. And I know that he runs a lot of games, I, but like we've never been able to get into a game together. Like I've run into him a couple times. I've actually met him in person and he seems like an awesome dude to be in a tabletop RPG with. So that, I think that would be my vote. Um, I know it's not like a famous celebrity GM, but I would say that probably uh, Michael would be a good one. Anthony yeah. Birch mm -hmm. uh, from Dungeons and Daddies. <laughs> uh, I also really enjoyed his writing with Borderlands too. So, mm -hmm. but that seems like a good, just like slapstick kind of game. Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, I've heard good things about the Dungeons and Daddies podcast. Like a lot of people said, it was really funny. Yeah, it so, is yeah. very funny. Um, the isekai that uh, people wish they could write. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I have the exact opposite problem with my personal group. All of us are DMs. So mm -hmm. it's not who it, who is always the forever DM. It's, okay, we're doing this guy's homebrew this time. Now that's done. We're going to shift over to uh, Everon over here, and then we're going to play uh, try out Candela over here, and yeah. Alright. Um, okay. So, one other question that came up uh, in chat. We were talking about favorite art style. Um, so, this one was, speaking of styles, who are your favorite mini-creators? I'm going to go straight out Midwest miniature guy. He's just so, so freaking talented. <laughs> I do a lot of hack and slash. Like, I'll buy a bunch of minis and then I'm like, mm, none of these are like quite what I need. But like this arm and I need this head and I let me just gra grab my like exacto blade <laughs> and uh, Frankenstein this thing together. <laughs> I think, so I think mini creators for games, I'm going to say um, Lucky Newt is really good. Um, she makes a whole bunch of like small, like very, uh, like kind of bite-sized games that are really easy to get into, very good for one-shots, um, like super accessible. And then I would say for like things, I really like what works of whimsy puts out yeah. um especially there's like a displacer kitten frame that you can put on the corner of your door yeah that i think is really cute so uh, and oh like god <laughs> yeah those those look like the bookshelf dioramas and everything like those look amazing so that'd be my go <laughs> yeah. um she actually printed my display shelves that i have in the back that I'm yeah. working on for conventions. Um, MZ4250. I don't 
don't know the guy's actual name, but he's the one who pu puts out a bunch of the uh, like free sculpts that you can 3D print on printables with all the different creatures and all the weird freaking things. Like, insert creature here, three creatures of this in a trench coat, and that sort of thing. He's the one who did the Goose Hydra. Thanks. Did they need minis like that you play with or like small creators? Yeah, I, might have I, like, I honestly don't know what I thought small. <laughs> my assumption okay. is the the miniatures. That was Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that was my uh interpretation, but Okay. I, I, at Sorry, this point, I, I think we should just throw it out to like who are some of your favorite TTRPG accessory people. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll show this one off. So I just ordered this from uh, Unruly Arcana. And I, so we're baseball fans in our house. And they have... Um, it's... <laughs> That's nice. And Perfect. I was like, I'm going to wear that tonight because tomorrow's truck day. <laughs> I want that to wear when my brothers watch baseball now. <laughs> Just walk into the room and casually sit down and be like, what sports ball are we watching today, guys? <laughs> if baseball had dragons, I would absolutely watch. I mean, yes. I think a lot of people yeah. would. <laughs> uh, Tabletopcreatorhub.com <laughs> Sorry, it is a network of a bunch of people uh, works of whimsy jess is on there uh i'm pretty sure the one that you mentioned for the t uh, for the baseball shirt is also through there totally not plugging it because i'm a moderator <laughs> 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 but it's a lot of really neat people and really interesting uh folks on the physical side of the tabletop industry. I also uh, will. I will totally shout out uh, um, Matt from uh, Gemmed Firefly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His stuff is awesome. He's just an awesome human, also. So, <laughs> added mm -hmm. bonus there. Would have worn the I craft the dice I roll t shirt, but it's in the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have like a little like special stack of t shirts from Gem Firefly. That's like my convention mm -hmm. uh, file. Like it's kind of cool from in there. my house right now. So I got the, the sweater and stuff, but like, um, yeah. He makes really good shirts and they're all like very funny or they have like a really good kind of like tabletop RPG vibe. Like I've gotten so many compliments wearing those. They're like, where'd you get that? Yeah. Every yeah, convention I awesome. go to, I wear the one that says, um, what's one more set of dice? Yeah. I'm trying I'm deliberately trying not to shout out all the people that I have partnerships with, but, <laughs> um, but also, um, oh my gosh, Arcane Spectacles does like, um, they most, they do a lot of like ornaments and stuff around the holidays that you can get 
like names put on and they're all like in some way TTRPG themed. Um, those are really nice. I really like those. I have, I, <laughs> I think I, I counted this year. I think we have 11 ornaments from them now on our tree. <laughs> so I would recommend uh, also D and D made easy. It's really good for journals and character trackers. Oh, that's cool. Um, and um, I used one to help with tracking my artificer once because there was like there's a lot of like little bits and pieces kind of off to the side. That's I was having a hard time tracking it on like D and D Beyond, and uh, the journals work like really well for giving those like basically a cheat sheet summary of a really complicated character. And I think he's on Tabletop Creator Hub. Um, and he like, is. Yeah, he's got a lot of cool stuff. So th those journals are really good. He's got physical copies and then also like some that you can print at home that uh, really like those. Uh, Rook and the Raven, though I know they're having some oh. uh, issues right now. Yeah. They're great. Uh, unfortunately, my brain is a sieve when it comes to company names. So that's really the only one I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they they um, were funny. They posted on social media the other day, and they were like, "So, Warhammer stuff? How do?" <laughs> I mean, that's not what they said, but that's essentially what they were asking. <laughs> yeah, how do 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 people how do? How do people things? do? <laughs> like, really, what they were asking was, um, you know, do people tend to like to, you know, build the kits themselves and put them all together and paint them themselves, or do people want to buy them pre-assembled, you know? But it was just really funny. <laughs> that was the overall vibe. How do? <laughs> My favorite would probably have to be um, Atmoseeker, who is on YouTube. Um, I've done a couple of uh, charity streams with him, and he had it set up so his live... His, he had a camera pointing at a real table and the camera was on a rail so it was rotating around as we were playing virtually That's it was so cool um, but he also has a bunch of tutorials for how to make the stuff that he uses like uh, reviews of fog machines and uh, how he made uh, he has his, one of his more recent ones is he made a moon um, to like set up at your table that looks legit real um, at least through the, the photos. He also does um, 3D printed like little porches that you can hook onto the sides of your DM screen. Um, he does a lot of a lot of really, really cool stuff for um, and has fantastic advice for tabletop terrain in general. And setting up the most gorgeous setup you've ever seen. For crafting, I'd also say black magic crafting. Yeah. Because um, I learned yeah. how to do uh -huh. lava tiles and shit with them, um, which let me inflict uh, a lava battle map on my players. That's awesome. I just want to point out that as we've been having this conversation, there is an entirely unrelated conversation about magic baseball happening in yeah. chat right now. It's yeah, like I've, been I've been watching it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, this is so good. Sport <laughs> yeah. announcers over here on the yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. 
All right. Well, we are about at the point where we need to start wrapping up for the evening because I want to make sure everybody gets a chance to, uh, again, remind us of who they are and anything that they have going on that they would like to share. Uh, you know, like, I don't know, crowdfunding projects and things. So, uh, so we're going to go in the reverse order of when we started. So this time, Steph, will start with you. Okay. So I'm Steph from TTRPG Kids. You can find all my stuff at TTRPGKids.com. And then I also have a crowdfunder going on right now for a guidebook on making a tabletop RPG for your particular kid. That's based on the uh, over 400 articles that I've written for the site in the past couple of years. Um, so the link's in the chat. Yes. If you want to go check it out. And thank you. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, this was great. Um, yeah, glad we got a chance. Yeah, it was to, fun chatting. Yeah, fi- I'm glad we finally got a chance to like put a face to a Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome, uh, Dennis. Hi, I also have a crowdfunding thing going on over on Kickstarter for sagas, setting and genre agnostic system. And if you'll allow me, uh, like a minute, I have an elevator pitch pulled up. Please, please sagas do. is a universal rules light ttrpg designed to help easily tell your story in any world choose from over a hundred features to build your character or use the guidelines for quickly making your own unique abilities sagas also promotes helping allies over helping yourself using the smooth and fast combat rules you can describe the epic team combos that take down the final boss it uses a check-based roll under resolution system your character features change the size of the die you roll and you can help your allies by giving them more dice to roll, improving their chances of getting the lowest number possible. You can also, people that take this game and try to learn it on their own sitting down with no help, create a character and are ready to play within 15 minutes. And that's the longest it's taken someone. We've had a five-year-old create an ice dragon to play as like a, as a player character. And it's it's just so easy to use to do literally anything with, and it's it's, it's the tool that I'm going to certainly be using and working on for the next forever. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on tonight and and hanging out and um, yeah, sharing your your Kickstarter with us. And I hope I hope you both are wildly successful. <laughs> uh, all right. Yes, so next we will go to Brit. Um, I'm Britt, um, and I'm from Let's Get Rolling, which is an actual play podcast. Um, we're dropping our new campaign starting at the end of the month, where we're doing an actual play of The Corrupted, which is a TTRPG based off The Last of Us by Navarre Seek Jackson. And we're dropping a new episode of The RPG Project, which you can find over on YouTube, um, where we review um, Brindlewood Bay. Um, and yeah. Awesome. That's me. And thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's cool to be other, like, it's cool to see how big, small the TTRPG space is. Yeah. Um, And as much as I'm like, I know a lot of people, I'm like, I don't know anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I had the exact same feeling coming into this. Like, I have so many friends in the space and I know none of the people on screen right now, but I think I do now. And that's amazing. Yes. Yes, Yeah. I always jokingly say one of my favorite things about doing this stream is the fact that 
uh, I'll end up getting a bunch of people together who have never met before. And the next thing I know, they're like off working on projects together. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> um, Kayla. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm Kayla, uh, DM Dalliance. If you follow my personal stuff, which you totally should, because I do things like um, if you want to dive into magical transportation in your city, here's how to do it. And random things that pop into my head as I run games uh, <laughs> that I allow you to uh, copy off of like we're in grade school. <laughs> I'm also the general manager for Underground Oracle Publishing. Um, we have our first Quasiloth Gazette. I hope I'm saying that right, Jess. I'm sorry. Uh, which is the beginnings of our regular releases, converting our huge backlog of 5e things into the new system that we are in, which is Cypher. Um, we are wrapping up our production on our first setting book, uh, Haro. Uh, the Blighted Plane, which is like Treasure Planet meets Waterworld when you're playing it. Um, we are in the big, we are deep in doing our second setting book, which is Wild Space, which is like um, <laughs> Treasure Planet meets uh, the Goofy movie because you get <laughs> you, you're playing anamorphized sentient animals, so you're like a red fox and a, and a duck. Uh, <laughs> DuckTales-ish uh, vibes occasionally. Uh, all of that's coming out. We're also doing a ton of things in the UO Discord. Um, if you want to be in a bunch of games, if you want to know when we're going to conventions, if you want to come ask me a bunch of random questions because I do Q&As for both of our setting books all the time, um, hop in there because uh, we are a pretty small group, three people, so you will definitely get an answer from one of the people directly involved with making the things. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, Kayla, nice to uh, nice to have you back and uh, always good to see you. So um, thanks for coming on and hanging out. Always happy to be on. Yeah. And uh, Hex, we'll finish off with you. Hey, I'm Hex. Uh, I am the uh, person cryptid whatever behind cryptic crits. I am a dice maker with uh, d20 chunks, these nice big beautiful babies, and uh, going to be doing d6 candela uh, style sets. 96 uh, in my next big shop update. I have designs ranging from Astral Sea to uh, the questionable unicorn meat. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming back on again tonight. It was awesome to have you. And uh, I am Gamer Mom Luna. This has been Tales from the Tavern. We are here the first Sunday night of every month. So we'll be back again at the beginning of March. Uh, if you are going to be at PAX East this year, please let me know. I will be floating around all four days. Sadly, Tales from the Tavern was waitlisted as a panel, so I'm not hopeful that, that it will get selected again, but um, I'll still be there all four days anyway because it's PAX East and I live an hour and a half away. So um, we are going to, uh, speaking of creators that we enjoy, we're going to drop a raid on Midwest Miniature Guy who is uh, doing some painting on stream right now of miniatures and uh otherwise we will see you again next month have a great night everybody <laughs> i should go